Welcome to the MetaZen Cabinet, where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Welcome to the Medizine Cabinet, where we get experimental about exploring your potential. Welcome to episode 23, where we'll be talking about deciding what you want. You know, what do you want your life to be? What will your legacy be? How will people remember you? You know, what are the decisions you will make? What are the things that you will do to set you apart? And really make the most of this experience because when you really think about it, all the decisions and all the things that had to happen for you to be here, it is remarkable and it is miraculous. So we're going to get into those things today. If this is your first time listening in, welcome. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? What's the word? And if you're coming back to listen with us, what's up, cuz? <laughs> In the first uh, first segment, we will be talking about early childhood and, you know, that kind of conditioning and programming that can take place when it comes to what you're around and who you're around and how that can affect what you want or what you don't want or whether you know what you want or not. And also in that segment, we're also going to talk a lot or at least a little bit about living someone else's dreams, how so many of us are existing and living lives that aren't even ours. Maybe it's our parents or our grandparents or friends or whoever, lives that people just tell us we should be living because of what we're good at or, you know, just because of things they never chase. So we'll be getting into that. In the second segment, we will be talking about just settling for less and how it's become so easy for so many of us to just settle for less in our daily lives because it's easy to be inactive. It's easy to settle. It's easy to just not care and to turn a blind eye or a blind ear, I mean, and just not give a damn about where your life is going. And in the last segment, we'll be talking about more about clarifying your overall vision and creating and establishing the ideal life that you want for yourself. You know, what is the dream? What is the five-year plan? How and where do you see your life going? What do you want people to remember you for? What is the problem that you want to solve in the world? You know, I talk about that quite a bit. So we'll be talking more about clarifying your vision and getting where you're going. It's more of the philosophical segment, but yeah, we're going to get into it nonetheless. I want to take the time before we jump in to really thank everybody that's been showing so much tremendous support for the podcast. It means the world to me. I've been seeing a lot of growth and a lot of people reaching out and showing love, donations and everything. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this episode in three, two, one. Maria Montessori said, 
free the child's potential, and you will transform them into the world. So many of us are still struggling, and we're having a really hard time because we've been through some very gnarly, very gruesome and trying times. We had a very toxic, turbulent childhood, and we're adults now, and we find ourselves seeking that love and approval. We find ourselves still wanting the love and respect of our families, and we dug ourselves into a rut of feeling like we can't move on or really do anything great or become who we're supposed to be until we have those things. And I want to tell you that you're wrong. You know, I want to tell you that that feeling, that that experience that you're having is completely manufactured and for good reason because I've manufactured and created those same understandings those same feelings but it's important to understand that as an adult our parents don't always do you know the right things or they don't always teach us everything we're supposed to learn they really learn the best that they can most of our parents don't plan for our arrival or don't plan to have us in their lives when they're going through what they're going through a lot of us inherit our parents when, we're, when they're learning who they are. When they're learning who they are as, in terms of wealth and finance, when they're learning who they are in terms of individuals as a woman or a man, when they're learning who they are as a son or a daughter, as a lover, and you know, just as an employee, as a boss, as an owner, all of the things. And we have to get into that place where we're starting to extend more grace for more than anything hold ourselves accountable for cleaning up whatever messes may lie behind. We have to get in that place of deciding what you want. I had to get in that place of understanding that my true potential can't be reached and it won't be reached until I take myself out of the mix of being loyal to the wrong people. And not the wrong people because they're doing anything wrong or anything like that, but just the wrong people in terms of understanding that people serve a season in their life. A lot of you know, I feel like most people have a season. They have a time where they're most pertinent, they're most important. Their lessons are the most prevalent and in their influence are, their influence is deeply felt or, you know, more pronounced. And when you come out of that period, you're just keeping people around for comfort, for codependency, you know, just so you can feel like you have a gang of people around you, then you have a problem. You know, I was putting myself in a situation for a long time where I was giving my all and spending lots of time in around people and I felt alone. You know what I mean? I felt like I felt alone chasing relationships and chasing all those things. And I still felt alone. So there was a part of me that felt like, what if I was actually alone and I was actually too able to forego you know, the need for their love, their validation, their approval, and just allow myself to stand alone and experience that sense of self-differentiation and learn that my feelings are not facts and that my thoughts are not facts, that my experiences are only through my reality. And like I tell y'all every time, it's really one of the best things that I've done. It's allowed me to realize that no one's taken anything from me. No one was wrong. It's just, you know, a lot of times when you have to back up and love people from a distance, it's for the best. We're just conditioned to see it wrong or to conditioned to feel like we're missing out because of conditioning. Just because 
we need to unlearn things. But when I was able to back myself up and to actually move away and remove myself, I've been able to better hear what I want, be more aware of who I am and what I want to be, what I want to stand for. You know, maybe it's time for you to just start loving a lot of people from a distance. You know they aren't supportive of you. You know they have a bad taste in their mouth every time you have good news. It's unfair to you. It's unfair to everything you're working for. It's unfair to everything that's in the process of being manifested on your behalf. It's just unfair in general. Allen Ginsberg said, follow your inner moonlight. Don't hide the madness. And that's actually one of my mantras because even though I've been through ups and downs with some of everybody in my life, really, I'm not one to hold my feelings. I used to be one to storm off the handle, complain, rave or rant, yell, complain, nag, just consistently just be ugly. And it was really because I felt like I wasn't being heard. I felt like I wasn't being respected. And I wasn't being valued. But I had to also learn that a greater part of me behaving that way was me sticking up for myself. And there are lots of people that won't want you to stick up for yourself because they're worried uh, or they won't tell you the truth because they're not worried about protecting your feelings. They're worried that when you're able to make better decisions with what you truly know how with the truth, that your decisions won't have their best interest at heart. And that's okay. I had decided I had to decide that I do want, you know, loved ones and I do want people that are close to me. But, you know, in the past three, four years, I've been able to dis- uh, discover the beauty of chosen family and the beauty of how, you know, surrogate cousins and brothers and sisters and moms and, you know, parents and different things like that. And, you know, that it can really be a blessing. And sometimes, you know, like T.D. Jake said, sometimes, you know, we get so lost and feel like we're missing out on something because we don't have someone in our life and we underestimate the fact that God can subsidize to what you lost out of them with something even better. And I've been able to really experience the joy in that. And I look forward to growing more into those knowings and understandings. So many of us, we get so discouraged because a lot of times we know what we're doing, but we have this janky, jilted, tainted view of the world. We have this, um, yeah, discouraged view of the world. And we just feel like we can want this and want that, but because I'm Black or because I'm a woman or because I'm trans or because I'm a dad with five kids already or because I'm an employee or whatever reason, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's just not how life works. You know, we don't understand that we're making the rules for this experience. We're making the rules for how life works and we don't realize that we think life has given us the rules and laying down the law, but you're really creating this reality. You get to determine what's possible for you. You get to determine what's, you know, you get to define the glass ceiling. If you say that, you know, you can be at this company 30 years, but the glass ceiling is that you're not going to really go above 40K a year, then you're going to define yourself by the glass ceiling. When you see yourself not go past 40K, you genuinely want to be disappointed and you want to be mad when you set that term for yourself. You set that expectation, you set that thing in motion, and you created the reality that you that you wanted or didn't want. 
you know, it really takes being introspective or realizing all the power that we wield in our words, in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our behaviors. So many of us get distracted and we get caught up in these crowds, we get caught up in these families, we get caught up in these friends, coworkers, everybody. We get caught up in these swarms of people who don't know what they want. And they make peace with not knowing what they want, with not knowing the answer, with not knowing the direction they want their life to go, with not knowing who they'll be in five years, two years, a year, six months, with not planning out their life or having any idea of what their life is going to be about. And we inherit those people because we have a lot of those same feelings. And they try to bring more and more of that lost vibe out of us. And it's so unhealthy. And I've learned that there is a beauty sometimes to being lost and not knowing where to, where to go, what to do, what's going on. But also give yourself a deadline to come out of that. You know what I mean? I've been in places in my life where I haven't had, I didn't have a place to live, where I had to depend on someone else to buy my soap, to buy my food, to clothe me, to give me a couch or, you know, give me a bed to sleep in. And it made me feel low. It made me feel undeserving. It made me feel unworthy because, you know, we're conditioned to believe that we're we're designed to perform. We should perform a certain way when you're an adult. No one should take care of you. But the truth is, a lot of us go through those periods where we have to fall on the job, where we have to go into no man's land. And so many of us end up homeless. So many of us end up starving. So many of us end up estranged. And we don't know what to do, but we don't recognize that God is hiding us. God is storing us away so we can undergo all the changes that we need to become, go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly. And that's really been a lot of my journey. You know what I mean? I've been through just all those periods where you have to depend on other people to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? While being full grown or people you're a grown man and this and that and just all the different things that can be just so disintegrating to the character but the beauty in it is it's helped me decide more of what I want it helped quantify the value of taking care of myself and we all have to come to that crossroad where we have to understand no one's going to take care of you the way that you are you are miraculous you are special you are hella dope and you deserve the world. But if you don't know you deserve the world, you'll only go through life settling for less and living somebody else's life. You know what I mean? Existing in the way someone else wants you to exist. If I would have existed or you know, live the life that people wanted me to live, I would have very, very low self-esteem. I would not stick up for myself. I would walk around like so many other people with bags and bags and bags of baggage, not speaking my truth, not honoring myself, walk around with hurt, being silent and suffering in silence. I would probably still be working in security. I would probably still, you know, maybe work at a restaurant or doing things that are just far less than what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to say far less than what I'm worth because there are people that do those jobs miraculously and we need those people and they matter. And I was one of them, so I understand that. But 
to really get to the next level of your life, you have to decide that you're going to live for you. You have to decide that you want to make decisions for yourself, that you're going to get it wrong, and that you're not going to live in no one else's shadow. You're not going to let no one dictate who you're to become, what you should be doing, who you should marry or date or anything. You're going to make those decisions for yourself. Steve Jobs said, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most importantly, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. A lot of my life has been somewhat interesting and I'll say challenging because I've always felt this deep yearning to be something greater to aspire to be something world-class and something truly and abundantly excellent. But I haven't had the pleasure or the opportunity to commune and fellowship with others who feel strongly, who feel as ambitiously, and who, you know, just want a lot of the things that I want or they're going in the same way that I'm going or they're grinding or have the kind of drive that I have that crave and eat, sleep, and crap self-development the way that I do and just the level of passion and vigor and fervent, (laughs) you know, energy the way that I do. And I've made peace with it because, one, I know that it exists because I exist and we're, you know, so many of us are all the same, different, but all the same. And... One of the things I had, you know, that I'm grateful for when it came to that is it always helped me stay on my path and be true to myself because I've come through the pressures of people wanting me to live my life the way they have, the way that they do. You know, I've come through my past, you know, constantly pressuring me, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to do that? Like, you know, my dad, I couldn't even talk to my dad growing up as a teenager about the girls that I was dating because... Every conversation turned into, do you think this is someone you're going to marry? Do you think this is someone that you're going to marry? And it just made me stiff and stale. I was like, you know what? We're going to cut it like that. And we're just not going to have any more date talk. <laughs> and I think I looked up maybe a few days, a few years later. It's like, you don't talk to me about who you date, know what's going on no more in life now because you have a narrow view of life experience for the most part. And I know that's because you've been married for a long time, which I respect, you know? My parents have been married over 30 years. and beautiful thing, lovely thing. I, myself, I feel like I'm more of a free spirit. I'm more of a butterfly. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want no one owning me. I don't want to live by those kind of standards right away. I want to define mine differently. More than just my parents, lots of people have pressured me into, why aren't you married yet? Or, you know, you've been in, this, uh, been in this relationship for 10 years and, you know, you should be married. I've been married for a while. And so, like, a lot of the people that pressured, pressured me to be married are the main people that are not happy. But with a straight face, you're pressuring me into wanting to get married, which 
I could never understand, but I also understand that a lot of times people want their decisions to feel validated by what the people around them do. You know, they want everybody to be making the same decisions. We're all, you know, making mistakes or getting it wrong. We're getting it wrong together. I'm not the only one getting it wrong individually in my own. And see, I've always, I've never had a problem being a person where, if, you know, if I'm getting it wrong in my lonesome, that's a problem, you know. I'm I'm a student. I'm an A student in my heart, and you know, I'll just fix the situation. I run the other way. If society, if everybody's doing this one thing, or trying to approach it or solve the problem this way, I want to come from another angle and assess another way and solve it creatively. And that's the kind of sincerity that you have to approach living your life with. Understand that people will want you to live your life the way that they do, or they would just want you to, you know, feel walking their shoes. Your mom or your dad will want you, you know, just want to control your life because they don't understand that you're not their property. You know, I think it's such a thing where, you know, with parents, you're my child. I gave birth to you, but I don't belong to you. I don't belong to no one but God. And when we get over those possessive and ownership issues, we can understand that people are people and people are going to be who they are. People were created well before, you know, so many of us got here. And that person or that person was created to give and bring them something very unique and specific. And when you try to get in the way of that of God's plan and God's design with that one individual, you are getting in the way of magic and wonder. You are getting in the way of destiny and design. And none of that is your business. It's important to raise a child, groom and develop a child and unleash all of their potential. But it's also important to consider that person when you're developing them and when you're raising them. I understand a lot of us don't get that luxury when we have to make the most of what we get anyway. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. I don't think since, you know, a moment since I've been born or being a kid, a toddler, whatever, there's ever really been a moment where I felt like I fit in or I didn't feel like the eyeball or I didn't feel like the queer kid or the emotional one or you know, the one that acts weird or has the weird mannerisms. You know, just like I've always felt like the eyeball. And I was ashamed of that for at least most of my childhood, for pretty much my childhood and early adulthood. But I've learned by being around other people and just a lot of different lessons and experiences God has given me that your differences, your uniqueness, your queerness, your variety, your individuality are badges of honor. They are the things that decorate you, make you who you are. You know what I mean? Because I could, could have became someone, became a statistic, another man that walks around and keeps his feelings in. You know what I mean? With growing up around my parents, they're very dominant personalities, you know, very, very dominant, you know, and strong people. You know what I mean? Very, very strong people. You know, I've never seen my dad cry. I've never seen my dad get emotional. I've seen him lose a parent. I've seen him lose a sibling, you know, and I've never seen him get emotional. I've seen my mom lose a parent and she lost a sibling, but I wasn't there for that. But even just growing up, I've never seen them have those moments of vulnerability and tenderness and 
it was the same pretty much with seeing my siblings. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen my brothers cry. I've never seen my sister cry. I've never seen anyone have that display of emotion, that sense of vulnerability. And I always put that thing in my heart of feeling like, you know, they're not real people. And I know they're real people, you know what I mean? But it just, it wasn't that balance to their emotion. It wasn't that balance to their humanity. And growing up, when you're around people that are strong all the time and have to be strong all the time, you find that there's no room for sadness in the world. You find, you see, you observe that these individuals don't make room for their sadness. So inherently, there'll be no room for your sadness. And it wasn't. And I had to decide that in my life and how I carry myself and how I treat myself, there will be room for sadness. You know, I went about it. I went about it the wrong way a lot of times because I wanted to smear or rub my sadness in their face. And, you know, that's not how things get healed. It's not how things get handled. I want to do the blame game. I want to do smear campaigns and just really, you know, be immature about it. And again, it was because a lot of my needs and you know, a lot of my needs weren't met or really acknowledged or concerned or and that hurt me and I reacted impulsively and I just, you know, I was reacting in those moments. But either way, those were great moments for me because those were moments for me to learn that it's the reason you need to be different. It's the reason you have to be, you have to embrace your healing. You have to embrace your development. Your life experiences have to mean more to you. You know, it's important. That's the reason you talk. I feel like a lot of people in the past have, you know, you tend to overshare. You share a lot. You know, you tell a lot of your business. Like I said before, and that's because I went through such long periods of not sharing anything and being, you know, living in shame, allowing people to pressure me into silence, threaten me into silence, you know, all the different things like that. You know, I had to break the silence and tell myself I'm never going to be silent again. I want to give people, I want to give men, especially men, permission to know that in you sharing your experience, in you sharing who you are and what you come from, what you've been through, you're not a victim, that you're not weak, that you're not a coward, you know, that that you are simply standing up for yourself and acknowledging your experience and what you've been through. And it's really how you develop self-confidence. It's really how you love and support yourself through whatever it is that you go through. So many of us, we can trap ourselves into these marriages, into these lives, into these careers, political careers, into these businesses, and all these things that we into these friendships, into these different circles and organizations and different things that we don't really want to be part of. These were things that were planned out for us, that our parents told us we would have to do. You're going to take on a business. You're going to take on this this finance business, but you really want to be a yoga instructor, don't you? But you really want to be a violinist or, you know, or whatever. And you're just not living for you. And I just want this episode to be about helping you and inspiring you to bust out of that prison, bust out of that cell, that jail cell, and pursuing your life. I think about it with me and my siblings all the time that, you know, with us getting older, you know, who are we going to be in our old age? Are we going to be like our parents? Are we going to be 
very, very, very short temper, very cut off, very detached, very, very poor communicator, shut down, very, very uh, ready to run from conversations, easy and hard conversations. Who will we be? And like those questions, those questions are a lot of the questions that guide me and compel me to be my best self. I come from so many different things, beautiful and ugly, but when it comes to my life and my future, my legacy, I get to determine where I'm going. And it's the same way with you. What are you going to leave behind? Because if you're doing it for your mom, if you're living your life and your career for anyone but yourself, you're making a big mistake. Oprah Winfrey said, don't settle for relationships that won't let you be yourself. Like many things is my observation and my life experience that so many of us are friends with people in relationships and, you know, maintaining relationships with family, relatives, whoever. And these relationships are not an extension of who we are, who we want to be, where we're going in life. They're really just relationships that exist out of duty and obligation. And growing up, I saw a lot of that sense of duty and obligation in my dad. You know what I mean? He never really showed any emotion whatsoever, but I saw him commit to lots of things. He was very self-disciplined, very committed, you know, you know. But I also saw that he did a lot of things out of duty and obligation. And it was just hard for me to realize or, you know, discern what he actually wanted to do from the things he just did just because someone expect them to or whatever like that. Whether he be on the road for two, three weeks and come right home and don't be home for an hour and then my mom to go with her to the store all day or whatever, but just not standing up for what works for you or standing up for what's best for you. You know, I feel like when it comes to the relationships that we have, we are friends, we are in relationship with people, and we can be our true selves. We're friends, or we're in relationship with people that we can't share our dreams with, that we can't be vulnerable with. You know, it bothered me for a long time that I have brothers, so many brothers and so many siblings, and, you know, it's, we have these Chinese walls in between us, and we don't really know each other's secrets like that. I always kind of wanted those kind of best friends and siblings where we can, you know, you can know this, know that, and know this about me, not to know this, know that, and know this about you. But, you know, we just never quite got there, never really had those experiences. And, you know, that was my definition of closeness or things that would, I guess, make us close. And I had to go on to redefine that. But I also just realized I didn't want to be around anyone that I can be myself with. You know, a lot of my life when it comes to being around my family, everyone, you know, for the most part, everyone that matters, they know where I stand with the decisions that I make in my life and, you know, who I choose to be, you know. But at the same time, they have their own expectations of who I'm to be. Even when they're, they don't actually say them out loud, it's implied. It's implied in the speech and the behavior. And I had to get to the place where 
you know, I had to just, again, fall back and just be in circles, be in domains where I can be as fluid and as open and as natural as I am. It's taken me a long time to get to the place where I love the person that I am and I love the dude that I see in the mirror. And it's not always easy. It really takes standing up to people. It takes standing up to enablers. It takes standing up to narcissists. It takes standing up to people that like to get gaslighters and just all kinds of people, you know, when it comes to removing the crud and the the trash or, you know, whoever might be standing in your way to you getting to those better relationships. I had to learn that when you get rid of certain things or when you remove people, you know, you're making room for God to bring something better, to bring something more intentional, to bring something, you know, new and restorative. And you really just create that room for God to move around more. So many of us, we like to stock up on old, stale relationships with people that we can't be vulnerable with, people that we can't be our entire selves with. I've seen people be friends, or I've seen friendships where Everybody individually have their own issues or have their issues with their parents, but you know, they've been friends with these with this person or cool with this person for this amount of time. And the person really just don't know them for them. You know what I mean? The person knows the manufacturer person that comes out the door to, you know, go shopping or go to the club or do this, do that. And I just feel like you deny yourself and you also deny that person the opportunity to really know you because you may have more in common than the years that you've known each other when you were in high school together or the family history or whatever like that. I wasn't your ordinary kid in terms of the relationship that I had with my mom, you know what I mean? Because for a long time, I felt like my mom always had to be a mother. She always had to be a wife and she had to be everything to everyone else. And she hasn't always had many friends and many people there to have an adult talk with her or to take her for who she is and love her for who she is. And, you know, I was barely, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't even 20 yet, but having, you know, interesting and colorful conversations with my mom about herself, her life, you know, even her sex life sometimes because parents, they spend so much of their life raising us and giving their energy and time to us that they don't have the energy to always get to know themselves. You know, maybe they're putting all their energy into helping you get to know yourself or, you know, your life, but they don't get, they've never had the chance to give themselves that energy. And there's been many times where I've encouraged my mom to buy certain kind of clothes or makeup or whatever when she wanted to get frisky with my dad or do this, 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 and that. And, you know, lots of kids just, I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that. It's just like, to me, sex is natural. And I also just love the idea that she's comfortable and able to be herself. She felt comfortable being herself and being open with me that way. You know, my mom has taught me a lot about being transparent and being open, you know, sometimes too open or transparent, but the message got over and, you know, and never thank her enough for that. Mahatma Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. And with that, that reminds me of the fact that I've been around so many different people, especially family, where everyone's so trained and conditioned to, you know, for avoidance, to avoid conversations, to avoid hard conversations, any conversation that can be 
is somewhat uncomfortable or anything that can be staticky or whatever like that. And with me having that experience or just that thing of existing in emotional dishonesty and dysfunction, to live around that, to grow up in that for so long in my adult life, I have very strong and solid boundaries about being around that. So when I'm around people, I'm seeking authenticity all the time. I don't, you know, I don't require everyone to lay their cards on the table and tell me their business. But all I ask is that you don't lie. You know what I mean? Don't be fake and don't lie. Don't talk or discuss anything that you don't want to get into. You know what I mean? Or don't mask or have any false pretenses or anything like that. All I want is that you be genuine. Share and talk about what lights you up and or share and talk about what you're passionate about, what inspires you. But I won't do any avoidance. I can't tolerate any emotional dishonesty. It just triggers me and it takes me back to that place of being around people that didn't care about their own mental health or mental well-being. And I'm not going back. These days, I'm more impressed by your mental wellness and your mental health, your ability to take care of yourself emotionally and mentally and psychologically than the car that you drive or where you live or the people that you're friends with or the kind of vacations that you take or, you know, whatever. I'm impressed by how you've come out of hard situations and, you know, showed up to be bigger and better. I'm impressed by how you stay centered on a day-to-day basis. I'm impressed by how you get to know yourself and love yourself and accept yourself for who you are, even when you're wrong or even when people don't understand you. I'm impressed by the rituals that you have, you know, with yourself and for yourself when it comes to standing alone and not depending on other people's love and approval and the liking, the likeness of you. I'm impressed by things like that. I'm impressed by your ability, your ability to allow yourself to have your own experience, your ability to communicate your needs and communicate your growth and communicate conflict, your ability to give permission to other people to be themselves around you. I'm impressed by people who can go through very bad situations, have shitty childhoods, and be very bright, voluminous beacons of light for other people. I'm impressed by people that are in the trenches and going through terribly bad situations, but you still have enough goodwill and energy to see other people win. I'm impressed by those things, you know what I mean? I know nowadays, you know, it's a lot of that energy surrounding chasing the bag and, you know, doing this and having a lot of money and traveling here and traveling there. But I'm impressed by who the hell you're going to be when you're 50 years old. Who are you going to be when you're 40? What is your mental health going to be like? And, you know, how are you going to feel about yourself as a person? Are you going to like or love what you see in the mirror? You know what I mean? Who are you going to be when you're 70 or you're 60? You know, what quality of life will you have for yourself mentally, emotionally, psychologically? Will you be impressed with your body of work? David Carradine said, if you cannot be a poet, be the poem. And to me, that means a lot of times we don't know what we want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, 
maybe you can help someone else figure out what they want to do. You know, if you don't know what to do in life and you're coming to a situation or a period where you don't know who to be or where to give, donate, volunteer, you know, serve the homeless, go to, you know, charity events and give or donate money and help others. And once you do that enough, you'll find that you'll find some sense of direction. You will gather your sense of being, you'll definitely get in tune with your sense of self. I can't remember who said this, but he said, your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awaits. Let that be a message to you and how you approach your life and establish your vision. Hey y'all, I want to thank y'all again, of course, like always, for making it through this episode. This episode is so important to me because I know myself from experience and from knowing other people that so many of us can make it through this experience, spend so much of our time not knowing what we want and wanting to live lives that, you know, we feel like can make us proud or lives that look impressive or chasing what society tells us to chase. But we can spend so much time and energy doing that and we can still feel unrewarded. We can still feel unfulfilled and empty and we've accomplished so much in a society's eyes, but we don't know who we are. So we haven't fulfilled any obligations or conquered any goals that speaks to the heart of who we are as people. And, you know, with this episode, I definitely just want to trigger the conversation and make people question, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you working that job? Why do you show up to that every day? What do you want? Why are you friends with these people? You know, why are you dating this person? Why do you live in that neighborhood? Why do you drive that car? Why do you suffer at this job just to pay for that car or to pay for that house? And just really deciding what you want because I feel like most of us don't know what we want and we don't know our purpose and we don't have any sense of what our identity identity is. And we depend on material things like money and status and things like that to provide that for us. And there's nothing wrong with that. I guess starting now sometimes, but if you never actually figure out who you are and what you stand for and what you're supposed to be doing here, then you always look to external things, material things to complete you, to fulfill you. When you don't have the money that you want and that you need, you feel empty, you feel like a loser, you feel like a failure. Shouldn't be that way. You know, it's that way for a lot of people, but it shouldn't be that way. I grew up watching lots of people live this way and it may it definitely influence my relationship with money for a very long time because I was always scared of making a lot of money because I don't want to make a lot of money and be miserable like her or be miserable like him or be miserable like my dad or my mom you know I used to think for a long time that making more money was stressful stressful because I saw people make more money and they were never happy they were never satisfied and they were always selling themselves to have whatever do whatever and it's time to mix it up. So, again, I want to thank y'all for sitting through with this episode. Anyway, let's keep it moving. Welcome to the era segment where we challenge you to take action and to, you know, possibly fail forward, possibly be successful. But either way, 
You're making a decision. You're taking the idea or the desire or the intention that you have further and you're applying it. You're taking action with it. So the first letter is E, embark. Embark on a journey and allow yourself to get it wrong sometimes. Allow yourself to fall short. Allow yourself to take risks. Allow yourself to... You know, trust the wrong people sometimes because sometimes that happens when you're chasing a dream, when you're deciding what you want, when you're trying to figure out who you are and where you're going. Embark on a voyage that you can talk about when you're older, where you struggled and you got things wrong. And, you know, maybe you lost a business. Maybe you lost a friend. Maybe you lost a family member or a friendship or relationship because you had to take the next step. But allow yourself to embark on a journey where you're really really willing to risk it all because at the end of the end of the day it's your life and you can play it safe as much as as much as you want but ultimately you're only going to get as far as you allow yourself to be bold so embark on a journey that encompasses the good the bad and you know remember take accountability for everything it won't always be easy but it won't always be hard either and the sooner you start taking action, it'll start to get easier. You'll start to get more confident, more uh, self-aware. And, you know, your instincts will start to develop. And you yourself as a person will grow. And your body and your mind will optimize you more for the journey. But you must embark. The next letter, R, recuperate. Recuperate from all your parents and family and friends' expectations of you, who they tell you you should be, how they tell you you should behave, who they tell you you should date, the kind of car they tell you you should drive, where they tell you you should live, the kind of career that you should have, telling you when you should start having children, that you should have children already, and deciding who your friends should be or who they shouldn't be, and allowing them to have all types of expectation expectations and just free reign in your life allow yourself to recuperate from what feels like all the losses and failures that you've had to get to where you are today they weren't it wasn't a waste of time those were things just to optimize the road and your gps system to get you in gear and to get you on track you know, a lot of us, we build we build our confidence on our ability to make the right moves consistently and we can get to where we want to go. But if we lost it tomorrow, we can't retrace our steps. We can't tell the next person how we got there. It seems like we kind of may got there on luck and we feel like imposters and we feel unworthy. And I'm only speaking from experience, you know, what I'm saying? as well as observing other people. But allow yourself to recuperate from everything that the world has expected of you so far and all the people you feel like you might be letting down and not being where you want to be. Because the only person that should matter to is you. You're the only one that you can that can really disappoint you. People may do it from time to time, but allow yourself to recuperate from all that judgment because it won't matter in the end. And A, allow Allow yourself to get it wrong sometimes. Allow yourself to be human. Allow yourself to experience emotions that might make you feel vulnerable or weak or less than. 
Allow yourself to reinvent how you see the world, how you carry yourself, how you dress, how you speak to yourself, how other people speak to you. Allow yourself to form new boundaries and understand that sometimes you're going to piss people off because they're so comfortable treating you the way they want to treat you. But now they have to wise up and understand that you're not having that shit anymore and you want something else. You want something more. You're more deserving. You're more aware. And you thought that you being friends or being family with them after all these years and having all this history that it would be okay, but it's actually not okay. And you're more deserving of something better. You want them to apply themselves and treat you better. Allow yourself to take different risks in terms of trying to figure out that goal, whether you're trying to double your income, buy a new house, get a promotion, learn a new skill, learn a new instrument. Allow yourself to have trial and error. Be deliberate. Have strategies. Like I told you before, think about the E plus R equals O. The event plus the response equals the outcome. You know what the event is and you know what you want the outcome to be. So how do we change the response to get the results? Who do we have to be? What kind of behaviors do we have to embody to get there? Allow. So there we have it. Embark, recuperate, and allow Know that it won't always be hard, but you have to decide what you want. No one's going to be able to make decisions for you in your life in terms of what's best for you. People will try, but no one knows you the way that you do. So you have to put your best foot forward and apply yourself. Because if you don't, like I said before, you get left into somebody to be a part of someone else's plans. And they're not going to put you first the way you do. They're not going to take care of you and make sure that you're straight the way you will. So you have to take the initiative. You must take action. You have to get started and you have to get it done. Because if you don't decide what you want right now, that by the end of this year, by next year, you'll see your friends and your family, everyone that you know, with newer cars, newer houses, and you will feel like a failure because you haven't taken action yet to make it possible to see it happen yourself when you can do it. But you're sitting around thinking that you're comfortable just being set up with selling for less and you're not. You're scared of taking action and feeling like you're going to waste your time. But if you're going to settle for less anyway, you're going to waste your time any damn way. So you might as well waste your time, if you think that's the case, doing something and getting some clarity out of the deal. In the next episode, we will be talking about swimming in possibility, understanding that the possibilities are endless for your life. What you achieve in this life is endless, potentially endless, as long as you apply yourself and put your mind to it. I appreciate so many of y'all that's been uh, subscribing to the podcast. So many of you have been subscribing. I appreciate all of you that have been sharing, continuing to share these episodes and share them around. The growth that I've been seeing with the podcast has been tremendous and quite overwhelming. This podcast definitely wouldn't be nothing without your support. And I appreciate all of you that have donated everything that you can. And I appreciate you doing the best that you can. If you can and you feel compelled to, please continue to. It really helps the podcast and it really allows everything to continue flowing. Again, I want to leave you with the message that you matter and that you are special. And you can't wait for anyone to decide what's best for your life because that's your job. It's yours. Understand that deciding what you want means deciding who you are and what your purpose is. So once you figure out those things, everything else will make sense. And before I go, I want to leave you with this thought. You are beautiful. You are enough. You are loved and you are tough.
Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your morning. And have a good day. Peace.